following God and on prayer. And last week, uh, Steve did a great, awesome message on forgiveness. Um, today, my topic is when you believe in God, but don't think you can change. And I want to start off with some lyrics from a great entertainer. Don't ask me to sing it or our service will be cut short. It goes like this. I'm starting with the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his ways. And no message could have been any clearer. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look, take a look at yourself and then make a change. Change is January 2011. And many of us have probably made, thought of, or pondered on some New Year's resolution so that we can improve from last year. And I think we all want to make some sort of changes in our lives, right? You know, or to do something different from last year. Maybe of us are still doing great with the changes we've made, and maybe some of us have given up or forgotten the things we were supposed to change. And I know for my wife and I, we've spoken on making changes in our communication and, you know, other marriage issues. You know, we, we want to improve. And it reminds me of a couple who were sitting with a marriage counselor for their first session. And the good doctor asked them to, you know, identify what seems to be the root of your problems. The wife responded, it all started when we thought it would be cute to think of each other's New Year's resolutions. <laughs> Doesn't it always backfire when you try to change someone else? Yeah. Here's another one. One Sunday, a minister was finishing up a series on, ma on marriage. At the end of the service, he was giving out small wooden crosses to each married couple. We don't do that here. He said, place this cross in the room in which you fight the most, and you will be reminded of God's commands, and you won't argue as much. One woman came up after the service and said, you better give me five. <laughs> you know, as a married man, I constantly have to make changes in my life. There's always something I need to grow in. And just when you think, you know, I've changed. When I think I've changed and I've improved, something comes up again. But you know, you know, I believe it's not just me. It's not just the married people that have to make changes. It's not just the singles. It's not just the campus. It's not just the teens. It's all of us. We all have to make changes. And if you're visiting us today, we are a church that strives to change into what God wants us to be. And going, to, going back to our topic this morning, when you believe in God, but don't think you can change. A Christian atheist, you know, what is that? I never, you know, even uh, heard of that word. You know, I thought you were either a Christian or you're an atheist. You believe in God or you don't, you don't believe in God. And as we have uh, been learning the past few Sundays... Sometimes we can believe in God, but we can act like he does not exist. And probably all of us in this room believe in God, right? We want to be here. 
But maybe someone thinks we can't change. And why is it so hard to change? Maybe we'll change, but then later on, we'll go back to the way we were. We all hit walls in life when it comes to changing ourselves. If you're out to change yourself, you will hit a, uh, a wall at some point. And, you know, we can say, I just can't, you know, for example, I can't lose weight. But then truthfully, it could be lack of discipline in whatever we're eating. You know, we don't eat healthy. Or we could say, you know, I'm driven to work. Work, work, work. And we spend so much time at our jobs. We justify that, you know, it's necessary. But then, you know, is it really? And you look at the toll it's taking on our families, our spiritual life, the ability to connect with our spiritual family. And another example, you could say, I'm not good with finances. But then, you know, we tend to overspend too much. And you say, I don't know if I can change this about me. Maybe you're a negative person. You see everything as half empty. You're critical about everything. And you say, well, that's just my personality. But then you're resigned to that's, that's how you are. Maybe you, get a, maybe you get angry or you explode once in a while. You know, this is me. You know, you explode at home, you explode in the car, on your spouse, your kids. And, you know, you can see the effects it has on your family and relationships. You know, but you just can't overcome it. Maybe it's alcohol. You know, it's a reward for a hard day's work. You know, that's how you relax. But in reality, you know, you're having a hard time quitting. Maybe it's lust, but then you're hanging out with websites or watching things that you shouldn't be watching. You know, these are maybe some things that you want to change but are having a hard time doing. And why don't we think we can change? Here are some excuses that we, um, we can have. This is how God made me. This is how my circumstances shaped me. This is how my choices imprisoned me. You know, but the hardest step, as uh, talked about by, um, you know, with, by Gio a few weeks ago, is being honest about you. That I need to make a change in my life. There's something that needs to change. And another step is to realize that we cannot change ourselves. We tend to think that we can change ourselves, don't we? There's a lot of theories and books out there about how to change ourselves. I'm sure you've, um, we've, you know, we've tried to use some of those theories to make um, many changes. But, you know, they have not worked. Maybe it worked for a short time, but in the end, it doesn't work. God is the only one who knows how we work. He created the human heart so he knows how we can change. God has a manual. The Bible, that will help us to do that. But, you know, ask yourself one question. What is the one thing that you, you would like to see change in your life? And, uh, you know, think about this. What is that one thing? You know, it can be a, a circumstance. You know, I would like my, uh, to have my salary doubled. <laughs> or I would like a, a new car. You know, it can be a circumstance. 
You know, it can't be somebody else. I would like my spouse uh, to be humble. I want my kids to behave and clean up after themselves. You know, the changes have to be in you. You know, what is the one thing that you would like to change that has been very difficult? You know, whatever those changes, you know, think about it as you hear the word of God. You know, the good news is that God is in the business of changing, right? And in Luke 18, if we can, uh, if Lynn can help me with uh, that scripture. In Luke 18, starting in uh, verse 18, Okay, in verse 18 it says, A certain ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not commit murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. All these I have kept since I was a boy, he said. When Jesus heard this, he said, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have, tre- you will have treasures in heaven. Then come, follow me. Let's stop there for a moment. This uh, rich ruler believed in God. This man lived a pretty good life, didn't he? Because it says that he followed all the commandments. He believed that he obeyed everything. Yet when Jesus asked him to do one thing, just one thing, it was so hard for him to change. That's how we are sometimes. When God asks us to change just one thing, it's so hard for us to change. It's so hard for us to change it. What is that one thing that you lack that Jesus is asking you to change? Uh, let's look in um, verse 23. Let's go on verse 23. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. Je- Jesus looked at him and said, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the, king, to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this asked, who then can be saved? Jesus replied, what is impossible with man is possible with God. As the scripture says, change can only take place with the help of God. If we try to change things on our own, it will not last. Change is a decision that we have to make. You can't wait for it to happen on its own. But, you know, you can ask yourself, how do I bring about change in my life? You know, the first one, I believe, is we need to change your mind. Change our mind. First one, change your mind. In Romans 12, verse 2, it says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Then you will be able to test and approve 
what's God, God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. And I was reading uh, some studies on the mind. The average person has approximately uh, 60,000 thoughts in a 24-hour period. 60,000 thoughts. And of those um, 60,000, 56,400 are about our wants, our needs, and our concerns. You know, how we think determines the, the decision that we make because the decisions that we make determines the type of lives we live. In order for us to make significant changes in our lives, we've got to start here in our minds. We have to start with how we think. Why does the Bible tell us to no longer conform to the patterns of this world? No, because in this life that we live, it does not matter if you are a teen or a senior citizen. We, have all, we all have a lot on our minds. We all have things that stress us out. Can anyone relate to that? We all have issues. We all have some struggles. But, you know, all these issues and struggles will take us away from thinking about God. It is so important that we do not conform to the way the world thinks. And renewing our mind will help us to figure out what pleases God. It is what will help us to make the changes that we need. Everywhere around us, the world is trying to program us not to be with God. You know, just look at the TV, look at the magazines, look at newspapers. You know, everything around us fills our thoughts, and it's so easy to have the things of the world embedded on our minds. And out of the 60,000 thoughts we have every day, how often do we think about God? You know, well, you could say that when you become a Christian, you know, don't you think about God all the time? You know, that's not necessarily true. You know, that's why many of us could be Christian atheists. We can believe in God, but act like he doesn't. In Isaiah 55, verse 8, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. From this scripture, I, you know, I'm, I'm so happy that God does not think the way I think. You know, if God thought the way I thought, I probably uh, would not have enemies. You know why? Because they would probably be dead. You know, gone. You know, because at times, you know, I can have evil thoughts. You know, if God thought the way I thought, this world would be so different. It would probably be um, me, my wife, and my kids. You know, we'll be the only one living. <laughs> you know, maybe we'll have a few friends. You know, as long as we didn't have issues, you know, we're cool. All right? You know, we're... Uh, Okay, you know, you can live. Yeah, in my mind, in my thoughts, it is so easy to get angered and so hard to keep my mind on godly things. You know, maybe the only one that's struggling with this 
you know, but where is your mind this morning? We can think and look at being at church this morning as an inconvenience. It's my day to rest and to sleep in. It's my day to watch sports. It's my day to do whatever I want. You know what God is thinking? You know, I want you to come to church because I love you. You need my strength to change. Whatever you're struggling with, I can change that. That might be God calling. <laughs> if you are thinking that you cannot change, that is because you are thinking of other things other than me. We can look at that guy, that cool guy at school and say, wow, I want to hang out with him. He's got it all together. I want to be just like him or her. You know, what God sees is a person that needs to be saved. When we go to work and there's a person that gets on our nerves, you know, you, you have people like that? Yeah. Our mind will say, I don't want to deal with that person. I just want to avoid them. But what God sees is someone that is lost. When someone cuts you off on the road, our mind can think, I hope that person gets into an accident or gets caught by the police. But what God sees is a person who can be a potential brother or sister in Christ. That's the way God thinks. God sets things to be spiritual and to be right. The world sets things to be the total opposite. God says it's right to be pure. It's right to, be, to save yourself for marriage. Marriage is a sacred thing, an awesome thing. The world teaches, are you crazy? You're weird if you're a virgin. Getting married to one person? Yeah, that's the world. And you know what? With some of us, that's where, you know, some, our minds can get sometimes. And you don't have the power to change because you do not have the thoughts of God. The greatest thing you can do with your life is to live for him. The best life you can live is the life where Jesus is Lord. The world teaches that the best thing you can do with your life is to be successful. To have riches, you know, just like that rich ruler. To have fame. You know, what could be better than at your funeral, everyone gloat over how famous you are? You know, how long do you think that would last? How often do we look up to celebrities? How often do we want to be like someone who's not even a Christian? You know, I want to encourage everyone this morning that if you want to change yourself, you must have the mind of God. If the world has our mind, the world has us. And, you know, the second thing we need to change is change our heart. In Mark 7, verse 20, he went on. Excuse me. What comes out of a man is what makes him unclean. From within, out of men's hearts, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside a man 
inside and make a man unclean. As this scripture says, if we want to change things in our lives, we also have to look at what, what is inside our hearts. The scripture says that what come out of our hearts are the things that will make us unclean. Now, think about, think about the heart. You know, heart is uh, used in, in scripture as the most comprehensive term for authentic person. It is the part of our being where we desire deliberate, and decide. It has been described as the place of conscious and decisive spiritual activity. The comprehensive term for a person as a whole, his feelings, desires, passions, thoughts, understanding, and will. The center of a person. The place to which God turns. And Mark 7 lists on the sins that can inhabit our hearts. And the things that make us unclean is exactly what, God, what breaks God's heart. Have you ever had your heart broken? Yeah, it's a painful, challenging, challenging time to go through. And I remember getting um, my heart broken. Not sure if I shared this yet, but, you know, you know, just... Um, just want to share what happened uh, with my dating life with my wife and I be- before we got married. Uh, Marissa and I began steady dating around uh, April, uh, end of 1998. We were both uh, in the Philippines at that time. And I was uh, in the Philippines working as an, as an architect. And at the time, I was, t- I was still paying off my um, student loans, you know, newly graduated or... I graduated in 96, so it's been a few years. Um, but, you know, I was working um, as an architect, and, and so I was still paying off the loans, but because of the dollar and peso um, change, you know, I started having a hard time uh, paying off my loans. You know, you guys uh, can relate to that one? And when you have a lot of debt, it's, hard, it's so hard to move forward. And so then I decided that I would go back to New York, uh, work and pay off the loan, and I estimated it would take about two years before I can go back to the Philippines. And so it was a big struggle for us at the time because, you know, we got challenged to break up because uh, it wouldn't be good for our dating life, uh, you know, be, me being far away on the other side of the world. And, you know, I was asking, why do I have to break, why do we have to break up, I said, you know, we didn't commit sin or any impurities. You know, in fact, the, the house church that we were leading where it was doing awesome and it was growing. So why do we need to break up? And let me tell you, I had a hard time accepting that challenge. But eventually, you know, we submitted. I had to get my heart right because I was getting bitter. You know, my heart was getting bitter. And I didn't want to do it. You know, Marisol and I talked about it and we said, you know, at least we can communicate, you know, long distance. And the day that I was leaving was the day we would break up. So at the airport, I remember not wanting to get on the airplane. I delayed the airplane so much that, you know, that they were already calling my name by the time I got to the boarding gate. You know, don't you hate those people? You know, you give them the evil eye when they're getting on board. You know, that was me. You know, but when we were saying goodbye, you know, I, I was just, I was crying uncontrollably. You know, P- 
people probably thought, you know, what's wrong with this guy? You know, <laughs> you know, he's one of those uncontrollable uh, crying. You know, it's like it just comes out. Yeah, you know, I'm so glad these people didn't know me. You know, I didn't care, if, you know, about looking macho. You know, my heart was broken. So now, you know, I'm in New York. You know, I, I was communicating often with Marcel, you know, through emails and phone. And, you know, once in a while I would throw in, I love you. you know, okay, not once in a while. It was like in every letter. And, you know, in one of our letters, I think she said, you know, being her, the spiritual, like, is that advisable? You know, <laughs> and, you know, she's always the spiritual one. But after a few months of long-distance communication, I get a letter from Marisol, you know, saying that, you know, we can't, communi- we can't communicate any longer. And I was like, what? You know, and this was like heartbreak number two. And when I got that letter, you know, I, I was so hurt. You know, Larry Craig, um, he's an elder in the New York church. Um, he's the dad of um, Brian Craig, you know, who, he, he wrote a lot of our church songs. But, you know, he took me to a park one day to pray and, you know, just to get it out. And again at the park, I was crying again uncontrolled because it was so painful. You know, it must have been uh, weird, you know, people jogging and seeing two guys, one guy's crying and the other guy, you know, trying to comfort the other guy. New York, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's normal in New York. But, <laughs> but let me tell you, you know, I don't cry very often. There are, there's only a few times where I can remember crying. You know, this was the second time. Another time is when I realized my sins killed Jesus. And another time when uh, I saw King Kong, you know, the movie, and he fell off the building and, I, and he died. <laughs> yeah, I cried in that movie. <laughs> I was like, no. Oh. You shot him down. But, you know, I don't cry that much. But I had to protect my heart from bitterness, hatred, you know, faithlessness. I could have left the church because of what happened. I had to change my heart. Eventually, I got my heart right and stayed faithful and realized that God knows what he's doing. I paid off my debt after two and a half years, went back to the Philippines, dated Maricel again, got engaged, and after a few months got married in 2001. I didn't see that then. And now why do I share this? I share this because if I did not have a change of heart, I would not be in the church today. I would be full of bitterness, hatreds, and all other kinds of sins in my life. There were things that I needed to go through so that God can change my heart. Now, I see that God was refining me and Marisol's faithfulness to each other, and now also our faithfulness to God. It was also a test that we were in the church because we were here for God, not for someone else. What about you? Are you going through challenges where you need a heart change? God wants your heart. Sometimes it will take for your heart to be broken so that you can go back to the one who created you. No matter what problems you're dealing with, you can overcome them if you rely on God's help to do so. 
Eliminate any excuses you may have for not trying to change. Replace every wrong thought that enters your mind and your heart with biblical truth. Maybe even cut ties with people who are holding you back from changing in the way you hope to change and surround yourself with people who will encourage you and help you. Trust in God's promise that with him, all things are possible with God. Start with the man in the mirror. And to close it, uh, to close it off, you know, I read this. An atheist, after hearing the testimony of a converted drunkard, blurted out in scorn, It is nothing, I tell you. It's just foolishness in a figment of his imagination. That's all it is. It is nothing but an escape from reality. It's a dream. Looking down at a small child tugging on his sleeve, the atheist saw the bewildered eyes of a small child. Please, sir, the child said with a sob. If he's dreaming, don't wake him up. He's been so good to us since he met Jesus. That's my daddy, she said. The atheist turned away with no answer. There is nothing as powerful as the testimony of a changed life. Let's not be Christian atheists. A true Christian will certainly live a a changed life before the world. Amen? To To God be the glory.